from the disenfranchised podcast or that podcast all about those franchises of one those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film i am your host stephen foxworthy and joining me as always the fangtacular uh brett wright brett hello stephen how we doing tonight buddy terrible Hey, me too. And I'm sure none of that is a result of the movie that we are watching for this episode. It is it is time once again for our end of the year episode. We do it every year. The last episode of the year is basically us talking about uh, a failed franchise starter from the previous year. Uh, the first year we did this, it was Artemis Fowl. Last year, we did Chaos Walking, a movie so forgettable, I barely remember the name of it. And this year, Brett, what are we talking about? Uh, it's Morbin time, Stephen. Oh, good Lord. I've, I've dreaded this day so much. Uh, but yes, we are talking about 2022's Morbius, uh, directed by Daniel Espinoza and starring Jared Leto, Matt Smith, uh, Adria Arjona, Arjona, sorry, Adria, I'm probably pronouncing your name terribly. I apologize. Jared Harris, Al Madrigal, Tyrese Gibson, and uh, really the most mind-boggling cameo from Michael Keaton. What a cast, Brett. What? Oh, what a picture. Uh, yeah, it's a picture, all right. It's something. Good Lord, this movie's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've said since I originally saw it, because I did see it on original release. Holy shit. Um, I mean, look, my dad wanted to see it. We always go see Marvel movies when they come out. It's Fair movie, enough. So. And also, I mean, when I went to see it, it was like the second week it had been out. Mm -hmm. And the, the memes had not fully picked up steam yet. It was sure. just, you know, this movie's bad is mm -hmm. all I was hearing. It wasn't that, you know, it... It, it was memeable levels of bad from mm -hmm. what that I heard. Um, definitely people shitting on it left and right. Um, and I've always stuck by the opinion of like, don't get me wrong, this movie is terrible. Oh, yes, it but is it that. Is, it is not as much of a dumpster fire as people made it out to be. I think that was really cranked up to 11 Fair. For, the meme, for the memes. Sure. Um <clears throat> But you no, know, I mean, yeah, this, this movie isn't good, and it doesn't, and it, it falls into the terrible, which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, the terrible uh, adaptation thing that I hate, where stuff has changed for no apparent reason. Mm, that's that game in principle at work, my friend. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're talking about uh, 2022's Morbius, the 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 film that launched a thousand memes, memes so prevalent and so popular that it, it emboldened the studio to re-release the film after it had left theaters uh, to an even more disappointing box office. Like, holy shit, what a what a fucking dumpster fire this movie was. Yeah, they they really didn't read the room. They, uh, some executives saw, oh, they 
They're really talking about Morbius a lot on the social meds. It's uh, trending on all the Twitters. Yeah, we must. We we should re-release this. We could capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. No, no, we didn't want to watch it again. We were making fun of it. Right, right. Um, your movie was bad, and you should feel bad. Um, is basically what I have to say about that. Um, yeah, holy shit, this movie is terrible, and it commits the most egregious sin that a movie of this type can possibly commit, which is to say that it is fucking boring. Um, like it. I think there is maybe one performer here that seems to be putting in any kind of effort whatsoever. Um, and unfortunately it is not my boy, Michael Keaton, who is sleepwalking through the two mid credit sequences in this movie. Um, that is the only place he appears by the way, or in the two fucking mid credit sequences. Um, good Lord. This, this thing is such a fucking trash fire. Let's, let's, let's talk about it, Brett. Um, first of all, um, you are both the resident vampire fan and the resident Spider-Man fan on this podcast. Uh, I am not really much of either. Uh, so can you give us a little bit of, uh, of background information on the Morbius, please? Sure. Because he is a cross section of those two things. So of course I am a fan. Um, where does, where does Morbius rank for you in terms of like Spider-Man peripheral characters? Not super high because he's he is a very minor Spider-Man villain slash character because Morbius is an antihero at the end of the day. Right. Um, he has been both uh, enemy and ally of Spider-Man and as well as a, a lot of other heroes from right. uh, the Thing to um, the Avengers even because um, he was at one point he was he was on Iron Man's side about signing up for the Superhero Registration Act. So hmm. that made him a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. at one point. Right. So like, yeah. When Tony Stark was the, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., a thing that totally happened in the comic books for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Because as it turns out, Tony Hawk did it. Stark? Fascist? Tony Hawk. Yeah. Tony Hawk. Yeah. The skater. You've heard of him. Um God, I'm in so much pain. Um, <laughs> Look, it's it's really not been a great week for either of us for many reasons. It's um, and we're also recording this episode on Christmas Eve, so look, it's it's just the perfect storm. It's it's yeah, going to be I've, fine. It's great. I've got some toothache pain that I'm hopped up on pain meds for, so bear with me. It's going to be a bumpy ride. I'm in the process of, of of moving out of state, so you know it's it's great. It's just we're we're all having a great time we're here. Sending the year off with a bang. Anyway, Woo-hoo! so Tony Hawk was in the Marvel Universe at one point. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need to fact check that here, Brett. I'm no, sorry. <laughs> no, no, okay. Go back to go back to the thing. So, um, basically, so let me just give you the origin story as compared to this movie. Um, the one thing that they do which falls into what I previously mentioned is that uh, Nikos, their, their mentor in this movie. Who's na- who, I think they changed his name to Nicholas. Yeah. It's because I mean, Jared it's, Harris is clearly not Greek. It, his last name is the same. So it is the same character, but his mentor um, is basically Matt Smith's character in his origin. Right. And they just, created matt smith's character whole cloth for this movie but decided to make his mentor that character instead which doesn't why why would you do that make up the mentor character 
what? I I just work here, Brett. I have no idea. Like I don't understand why you made that change. It's nonsensical. Um, and yet they call him Milo, which if I've if I've done my research correctly, is the name of Morbius's brother. Correct, like his actual brother. Uh, believe so. But even then, it, Milo is his nickname. His actual name is Lucian. So mm, right, right. But they call him Milo so they can make that that comparison. I, yeah, I fucking guess. Um, <laughs> and. Um, uh, I'm sorry. It's Emil Nikos is his full name. So, right. Um, or Emil Nicholas in this movie. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think that Emil has the same blood disease in the comics. Um, Morbius just uh, like does these experiments to fix his blood disorder because he's trying to fix himself. Like, you know, they're not really trying to help anybody else. Right. Um, he accepts both of the Nobel Prizes that he wins in the comics instead of trying to play it off as like, I'm better than you because I'm not going to accept this. I think um, they do that to try to make him seem more relatable or like as, as kind of an everyman sort of character, which um, because it's Jared Leto, I think does not work. No, it is comes off as pretentious right like every man um because he uses the nobel prize money to fund his experiments correct so um other than that is he's i mean it's pretty much the same he does take a boat out to the middle of nowhere to do the you know final tests right um except um emil is also there Ah, um, and kills him. He kills Emil there. Um, so that, that's the other thing. Um, I mean, Martine makes it out alive. She's there. That's accurate. Um, but Emil dies. There, there. Not only is there no mentor character, um, he kills his friend character when he first becomes a vampire. So that's just created whole cloth for this movie. Just completely ignoring that. I mean, now, that, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Because, like, the part after that, he swims to shore, finds six-armed Spider-Man, and fights him. Sure. Because this was in the middle of the whole, like, Spider-Man's mutating and he needs to to figure out what's going on storyline. So, I mean, yeah, you can't really do that um, in the movie. So, I guess that tracks. And then other than that, it just goes off the rails, man. Nothing else is the same. Nothing else is accurate. Um, and, I mean, Morbius is... He's always... He always looks like a vampire. He doesn't revert back and forth. And I think... And that's just kind of one of those things, like, that you do so you can have the recognizable features of your star, like, be prevalent and recognizable. Like, that's, you know... You, you we're, we're paying all this money for Jared Leto. Let's get Jared Leto's face up there so people can see him. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That's a change. I if if, if everything else had been more accurate, that's a change I would have been OK with because it makes sense. And also because it makes it easier for him to interact with real people if he doesn't look like a vampire all the time. Um, but like. In the comics, Morbius can bite people and drain them of their blood and temporarily turn them into vampires, too. Okay. Um, temporarily, not permanently? 
for my yeah i think it's temporarily they don't permanently become a vampire um which is only i mean maybe that's 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 the weird thing about the end of this movie like he bites and drains other people and they don't turn into vampires but the thing at the end with Martine, maybe she does. Right. We but don't she... know for sure. And we now at this point probably never will. Cause spoiler, this movie did very badly at the box office. And which as far as I'm aware, Martine never became a vampire in the comics. Um, right. Uh, Morbius does not have the ability to control bats. That's never been a thing. Um, yeah. They mentioned that he has echolocation. I was like, is that in the comics? I don't think that's in the comics. Like, I don't know of, much about this character, but I'm pretty sure that's not part of his thing. He, he has predator vision in the comics and they probably just swapped it out for echolocation because that's maybe easier to understand. Okay. So that's, that, that's not a big deal. I don't really, I'm not too upset about that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, man, he's, the man has a, a long and storied history with a lot of, He's interacted with a good chunk of most of the Marvel universe. Um, I mean, he's obviously interacted with Blade a lot. Right. Um, um, funny story there. Um, he was there was a the original ending of the film Blade was supposed to have a mysterious vampire standing on a, a rooftop in the daylight as uh, Blade comes out from defeating Deacon Frost. The the girl in the movie says, "Hey." I can fix you. And he's like, no, I got a war to fight. She's like, well, you got your first appointment or something like that. And he turns around and there's a, a figure with long flowing hair standing on the roof with a, in a long coat. And that is supposed to have been Morbius. Now that is the original filmed ending. It is not the ending that appears in the theatrical version. Um, similarly, the character werewolf by night was in the original ending of blade Trinity. He was supposed to be set up for the fourth blade movie that never happened. Um, so like they they there was this kind of thing about putting established Marvel characters into the end of um, Blade movies and then cutting those endings and filming something else. Um, so, yeah, this Blade 2 was supposed to be uh, Blade versus Morbius. And then um, they scrapped that ending and Hiermo del Toro came on and decided to go his own way, which I mean, God bless Hiermo del Toro for doing so. That is far and away the best Blade movie. But, yeah, that's yeah. no surprise to anybody. No. Yeah. I mean, he's. Yeah, he's he's been mostly a friend to Werewolf by Night. I mean, they fought at first. That seems to be his mo. He will right. fight you at first, and then he will become your friend. Um, I mean, that's comics, Brett. Well, yeah. That, Whenever that, two heroes meet, they have to fight first to establish supremacy, and then they can decide. Oh, hey, we're actually on the same side. Let's work together to fight random bad guy over there. Yeah, and then or the, the, our two arch villains who have teamed up for some reason. Right, and then occasionally, if if uh, depending on who they are, if they're, um, you know, whatever they're doing, if they're opposed to one another, they have to fight again, even though they've been established as friends. Right, right, yeah. That happens absolutely. with Spider-Man a lot. Uh, with right. Spider-Man and Morbius, like, they're friends, but if Spider-Man gets in his way, Morbius is going to try to fight you. Um, now, I, my, my only exposure to Morbius prior to this movie, I, I was not a big Marvel Comics kid growing up. I was more of a, of a DC boy growing up. Uh, up until, gosh, probably my adulthood, if I'm being real, real honest. Um, so my first exposure and really only exposure to Morbius prior to this movie, uh, other than that, I knew there was a character called Morbius, is the old 90s Spider-Man cartoon show. Which was mine, too, actually. I, I okay. came into Morbius later, but like I, I love the character from the cartoon. So, And because of the censors, they couldn't actually make him a for real legit vampire. So he had like 
was it suction cups on his hands or something yeah, and he, he ate and, plasma and his plasma yeah they couldn't say blood so they had to, he had to suck plasma through holes in his hands right couldn't bite anybody and couldn't actually eat blood so yeah there you go uh to circle back brett and i'm surprised you didn't know this you being the video game guy uh apparently a quick google search tells me that iron man is an unlockable character in tony hawk underground and wolverine an unlockable character in tony hawk pro skater 3 so tony hawk maybe part of the marvel universe after all all right well i was sort of right um i never i never played the tony hawk games i wasn't much of a skateboard guy oh touche so yeah that's fair that's fair that's fair um, but yeah, no, I, I have, I had no real exposure. I knew he was kind of a sometimes ally, sometimes enemy of Spider-Man. Like, you know, many of the best Spider-Man characters are, um, sometimes friends, sometimes foe. Um, but it seemed like this was such a weird choice to make a standalone movie of. And I feel like the only reason this movie gets made, Brett, is Venom. The success of Venom kind of emboldens Sony to go because, and, and here's the thing, after the warm reception of Amazing Spider-Man, the original, Sony goes all in on trying to create a shared cinematic universe around the Spider-Man characters. They start developing all of these projects. Um, they're developing a Sinister Six movie, uh, a Silver and Black movie with Silver, Silver Sable and Black Cat. Like they, they just start like pouring all of their energies into these kind of spin-off movies um, that are going to feature these kind of incidental Spider-Man characters, these secondary Spider-Man characters. And what ends up happening, unfortunately, uh, is Spider-Man 2 comes out and completely destroys all of the goodwill that that franchise had and completely torpedoes any plans for a future in that franchise. Like that franchise is dead in the water after amazing Spider-Man two. Um, and then thanks to the Sony email leaks, we know that Feige starts like coming to, to Sony and saying, Hey, what if we pool our resources? What if we bring Spider-Man into the MCU? What if we try to make this work? Like, is this a possibility? And, um, we know that Amy Pascal eventually says yes. And that leads to the deal that we have now. Any Spider-Man movie they make is, is, is a co-production between Marvel and Sony. However, the individual standalone movies like Venom and Morbius, those are pure Sony productions. And Sony has the ability to say yay or nay the reason that tony stark and nick fury and dr strange show up in all of the mcu spider-man films is because sony insists that there is an established mcu character to tie the continuity together um you know we a lot of fans myself included complain that these established marvel characters draw attention away from from Spider-Man and in, in a way that seems to detract from the character. Like a lot of fans, again, myself included, um, decry the fact that Tony Stark kind of takes the place of uncle Ben in a lot of ways, um, becoming kind of like a surrogate uncle or father figure. Um, and it's not until spoiler for Spider-Man, no way home. Uh, it's not until aunt may dies in, in no way home that we even see anything close to that origin happening. So, it's almost like it takes us three movies to develop the actual Spider-Man origin story that we were all so excited that they skipped because haven't we seen it enough already? They just told it in a different way uh, and in a different context. So, which I thought was still good. I it was fine. It was still it was fine. interesting and different. 
it was still different. So I was I was perfectly cool with it. Honestly, right. I was surprised. I honestly wasn't expecting that because I thought that they were just not doing it. Like, right. oh, they're just going to have Aunt May say it. Okay. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Loved it. Yeah. And yeah, I know a lot of people did. Um, you clearly didn't. I was I was not as big a fan of it. Again, Uncle Ben's, and I understand why you have to do that. Like I understand the the storytelling contrivances that for for telling a multiversal story, which the MCU is now more clearly becoming a multiversal saga. Um, yeah. Like in order to kind of tell that kind of a story, you you need to differentiate your characters a little bit. So I get it. Um, I I still the impact of Uncle Ben is. I, such an important part of Spider-Man's origin story that it feels, it just feels wrong not to have it. As a Spider-Man fan, I would have to disagree. Just be, well, I mean, I agree that it's a big impact of the same, for sure. But um, basically, you don't need Uncle Ben. You just need somebody he's really close to die because of something he didn't do. Mm. Yeah. Basically, Spider-Man is just, he could be the god of guilt. Um, so that's all you need. You need something, which they do really fucking well in that movie, honestly. Especially the the conversation between the three Peters on the roof afterwards mm-hmm. is fucking perfect. Like it's just, you know, he's he's done. He's pissed. You know, somebody he loved died because he didn't act how he was supposed to. Right. And so he's gutted. He's gonna go kill him. That's that's exactly it's it's just Aunt May instead of Uncle Ben. It's the exact same thing. And that's right. all you need. It doesn't and, need to be Uncle Ben as long as it's someone that makes him feel that way. Sure, I guess. I don't know. I just again call me a purist. And again, it's for me it's it's the game in principle at work. Like you you want to make sure it's as close to the spirit of the source material as possible. And I think that's why this, the Marvel Spider-Man films work because that's something that Kevin Feige does uniquely well because he's a fan of Marvel comics. Like on the original X-Men on which Feige was like a junior producer, um, Hugh Jack- like he who must not be named outlawed comic books, Hugh Jackman would go to Feige's office to read X-Men comic books so that he could kind of get a feel for Wolverine. That's why Wolverine, the character in the movie, says Bub. I don't think he would have said that had had Feige not had a stack of X-Men comics in his office that Hugh Jackman could read and look through. Um, so, I mean, that that's Feige's whole thing. Amy Pascal does not seem that concerned. Um, she's a filmmaker. Like she's, she's a, she's a film producer. That is her first thing. She's, she's not the fan that, that Feige is. So she doesn't have, those things aren't as precious to her, which I think explains the, the Sony solo output venom, uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and Morbius, none of which I would say are good movies, if if I may be so bold as to make the claim. Like, Venom is at least doing something weird, which I appreciate. Like, they're letting Tom Hardy just be fully weird, which I love. I don't know what the fuck this movie's trying to do. Like, Morbius seems like a failed experiment in almost every sense of the word. Yeah, I, I agree. I enjoyed Venom for what it was. but Sure. Don't get me started on the Carnage sequel. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to now. No, I don't, I don't have it in me. Fair, in me right now. Fair. Um, we can do. We can do an oops all Brett rant corner in the Patreon or something. I mean, I, that's not a bad idea. Um, when when you're feeling up to it, of course. Yeah, that I could probably do. Um, 
yeah, like when it comes to Spider Man, you get that shit right or I'm gonna get real mad. Um but yeah, no, I mean I I just don't Morbius was such a weird decision, honestly. Like why Morbius? And that's my question too, right? Of all of them, why Morbius? Why? He's such like I like I you know, maybe it's the Maybe it's the MCU effect of like, well, look what they did with Guardians. Look what they did with Iron Man. Like, you mm-hmm. could make any superhero that nobody knows about a household name. I mean, they accomplished that with Morbius, but to to what effect, really? Like Morbius, not only is he a minor, I'm not to say minor. He's well, I don't know. It depends on your perspective, I guess, if he's a minor Marvel character or not. But I'm sure there are people who are Morbius fans listening to this episode that might take umbrage with that, Brad. I mean, I am too. And I I would take umbrage with somebody saying he's a minor fan, but I also understand that like if you were to walk up before this movie came out, if you were to walk up to a random person on the street and ask, Hey, do you know who Michael Morbius is? They'd have looked at you like you had no like you had just lost your mind. Isn't he that fat documentary maker from Michigan? Yeah. Who did like right. bowling for Columbine, isn't Fahrenheit nine eleven? That's that guy, right? Yeah, that would yeah, that's what they would have said. Um so forgive me if I say he's maybe a minor character. Um I forgive you, but you know, I don't know. I just don't like pick something else. Like there's other do like do the lizard like do, um, I don't know who haven't they done yet. Uh, well, and I mean, look, it's, it's it, cause I think the thing is they want to make whatever character it is the hero of the story. And so they, they've, they picked the first one. They pick a villain who becomes an anti-hero. They pick Venom. But Venom is also an incredibly popular character. Uh, so that kind of works. And then they get emboldened, I think. It's like, well, we can we can make anyone do this. And so they pick another kind of villain-turned anti-hero character, Morbius. Well, let's let's build a movie around Morbius. Let's let's do this instead. Um, and the result is whatever the fuck this movie is. And what's funny is that they had and this is maybe indicative of what you were saying about uh, Jimmy Pascal not caring, is that they could have waited to do Let There Be Carnage, because Morbius is actually a pretty big player in the Maximum Carnage uh, storyline. Um, they could have waited and done that crossover. But right. I, I mean, I don't know if you really can do Maximum Carnage without Spider-Man. So I don't think you can either. Um, probably can't, but no. still, I mean, it's something you could have waited on. That would have been a really cool crossover though. Maximum carnage would have fucking ruled. I would have honestly, that was like the big, when I first started getting into Marvel very early, it was the late nineties. Like I wasn't a big Marvel fan, but I, I started to get into Marvel. There was a, a Marvel trading card game or not a, even, not even a game. It was just the set of Marvel trading cards. And I got a ton of those things. I fucking love them. Um, and that was how I started to get into to Marvel. And so I picked up maybe one or two comics with characters that I recognized. And all of the advertisements were for Maximum Carnage, Maximum Carnage, Maximum Carnage, the video game. It looked friggin' cool. Um, I didn't even know anything about Carnage. Like it made me dig deep on Carnage and try to figure out who he was. Like that, that event was massive. As, as someone who was not even a Marvel fan, I was into it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. And it, it was. It was a big deal. Look, was it was it a little edgy? Sure. Sure. Um but it was it was my first exposure to like a a fairly decent chunk of the supernatural side of Marvel. Because I mean you had you had Morbius, 
you had uh, on Carnage's side, you had Demogoblin. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like part demon. Right. He was he was like a Green Goblin character that was actually a demon, yeah. which is kind of fucking cool. Yeah, I love those pieces. Of you got uh, Doppelganger. It was just like a fucked up I six six armed Spider Man thing clone demon like monster thing. I don't really. I don't remember his something. Yeah, I don't. I don't um, know. But yeah, so like it, it was just cool. It was, it was cool. And Damn straight. Venom, Venom was there. And Doing his Venom thing. Yeah, being being an anti-hero. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's when he came back from leaving for San Francisco, and then he came back. Right, and that's when you get, that's when you start to get, like, again, again I think that's after his his solo book. But he comes back and now he's now he's teaming up with Spider-Man. So again, it's the it's the enemy becomes the hero thing. And you need another character like that, because, again, there aren't a lot of like peripheral heroes in the Spider-Man. Oeuvre uh, like you could do like Black Cat, but that's another villain turned hero kind of a thing. Um, so so who do you do? You you uh, you do Morbius, someone who's kind of dark and edgy like Venom. Um, who has that kind of attached fan base already. There are people out there who really like that character, who are very adamantly fans of that character. So why not, why not adapt this and, and make this, this our next big solo venture in the Spider-Man saga? Yeah. Uh, the, the only, and maybe this is probably early to be saying something like this, but like I, I'm kind of disappointed there's a part of me that's disappointed mm-hmm. that this movie didn't do that well because maybe if this movie does well later we we do get that Midnight Suns movie that I've been wanting. Look, we can still get that Midnight Suns movie. I just don't think it includes Jared Leto's Morbius. No. Because I mean, look at what they're setting up in, in, in at Marvel right now. Like you do have Moon Knight, you do have Werewolf by Night. They have Blade coming. You've got the Black Knight. Like you've got the some of the pieces in place to make a Midnight Suns movie. I just don't think it includes Morbius. And honestly, if this is the version of Morbius they're thinking of including, thank God. Really, like Morbius as a character himself in this movie would be fine if you take him out of this movie and put him in something else. I think if he has an ensemble cast around him, that's going to not make us focus on him so much. Well, and that's the problem. The name of the movie is Morbius. Like well, he yeah, is our like, focal like, point. If you took him out of this movie and just put him in an ensemble movie, I think, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't ever need to see his own movie ever again. Right. Um, Cause I mean, otherwise he's just like, I don't know. There's a bunch of superheroes with a vampire. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just fine. I'm into that. Sure. Um, but yeah, we did, but any, anyway, no, I mean, we're never going to see Morbius in another movie ever again. Uh, God, I hope not. Um, because of this film. Now, hold on there, Steve. Come on. Like, this one, yeah, sure, no. God, no, this, that, look, look, I... Morbius as a character in a movie, I would love to see them try again, but that's never going to happen. No, I don't, I don't care for Jared Leto as a performer, generally speaking. Well, no, who does? I don't care for him as a person. Um, I, mean, I don't either anymore. I, gross. Um, I have no thoughts of him, on him as a musician. I used to be a big fan of him as a musician. 30 Seconds to Mars used to be my favorite band. But uh, Wow. He's kind of a weirdo now. So. Uh, now? I think he probably always always was. It's just we know more about him now. People are people are standing up and talking about the weird shit that he does. The, the weird, dare I say, illegal shit that he does. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just fucking Google it. 
because yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. It's fucking gross. Yeah, I mean, back when Thirty Seconds to Mars started and into like their second album, the internet wasn't as huge as it is right now. Right. Social media was not as big of a deal. I was in high school when Thirty Seconds to Mars started, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's it's that guy from." Uh, Fight Club and Requiem for a Dream movies I had not seen at that point and I was like oh okay that guy's an actor alright shrug or that guy's a musician shrug which makes sense you had no idea who he was um, mm-hmm. whereas I was a big fan in high school of Requiem for a Dream and Fight Club oh. um, Requiem for a Dream is is one movie that I have watched that I will never watch again no uh, I mean same I've, I've gone on record as saying the same thing I, I, I curled up movie. into fetal position and sobbed for five minutes after I watched that movie <laughs> that movie fucked me up um, and you know much like every probably teenage male in the 90s we love Fight Club I mean I thought it was fine sure sure no comment um, so <laughs> so i no, he, look his music was really good at first like it, the first two albums really good music i don't know if you if you played me like 10 songs and said name the the, the ones that are 30 seconds to mars i would not be able to tell you if i played you stuff off of their first album i bet you would that stuff is definitely different okay never mind um we're just gonna move on um, i don't know dude in high school i was not a fan of popular music i listened to the fucking oldie station or the christian 30 rock seconds station to Mars when they first came out was not popular music they didn't get popular until the single the second single off of their second album it was not popular music it i didn't now to, i didn't listen to edgy music either like i i li- again oldie station Christian rock station. It wasn't edgy music either. No, let's move on. Okay. I'm just getting angry for no apparent reason. Um, so I mean, that is kind of our dynamic. I, I say something incredibly ignorant and you get really frustrated. Fair point. Anyway, <laughs> like it is like he, I used to be a fan of his and then I found out he's a terrible person. And, you know, I still listen to music from the first two albums because nostalgia. Sure. I'm, I'm pure bottled nostalgia. Yeah, um, I, I believe if we haven't picked up on that yet, we're new because, yeah, that's that's your vibe for sure. Yeah. So, of course, I still listen to that stuff. But I, his music got worse over time, too. Mm-hmm. I only like two or three songs off the third album and nothing from the subsequent ones. Um, But, but yeah, so yeah, Jared Leto, not a great guy. Um, so no. another reason I was kind of not a fan of this movie. And and a lot of that was resurfacing around the time this movie was coming out, which, I mean, I was not planning on seeing this movie, but that really emboldened me to not see it. And then I realized I was going to have to cover it for this damn podcast, and I just said, fuck. Because we had to. I know you didn't want to, but like, I didn't. we're going to talk about a failed franchise from the previous year like we always do. Right. Why would we not talk about the one that was meme to hell and back? I mean, that's true. I mean, we could, I mean... Honestly, Black Adam seems really topical right now, but we'd have to like go to a fucking theater to watch that movie. Um, we confess Fletch, but who the fuck heard of confess Fletch? Like Paramount did not did absolutely nothing to promote that movie. So, I mean, yeah, like, and of course you were adamantly opposed to Uncharted. You you still think that one's going to get a sequel? So, um, it which it, it it might. I don't know. I doubt it, but that's me. Um, based on the numbers but you know um it did fine it was it fine but again fine it, these days fine is not fine if if you know what i mean and i think you do i mean i do but you've been unfairly against that movie since its opening fucking weekend 
That's so. true. I have like it. It made back a little more than its box office domestically, which probably covers like marketing costs. So it budgeted the 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 uh, reported budget is one one hundred twenty million. It makes one hundred forty eight. So not quite one hundred fifty. So like I don't know if that's good enough to warrant a sequel on a budget that size, but time will tell. I'm willing to be wrong. And because then it means a, I don't have to cover it. So it's also not a definitive failed franchise either, as opposed to the other three movies you just mentioned. Sure, uh, sure. I don't know why you hate Uncharted so much. I'd love to dig into that, but I look. Um, I I will not do it on mic. How's that? Okay, that's fine. Because uh, the, the 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 our listeners do not need to know that much about my personal life, quite frankly. But. Okay. Fair enough. That having been said, uh, Brett, we are almost 40 minutes into this episode. You know what we haven't done yet? Uh, the plot in 60. We have not talked about the plot of this movie in 60 seconds or less. That's right. It's the part of the podcast where we talk about what this movie is about. Um, it's the plot in 60 seconds. This is the part where Brett or I, at the behest of the coin of justice, uh, determine which of us will be recounting the plot of 2022's Morbius in 60 seconds or less. Uh, I'm going to flip the coin. Uh, it will read heads or tails, Brett. And based on what you call, uh, that will determine which of us will recount the plot. Are you ready to call it, sir? Sure. All right. Uh, call it in the air. Heads. Damn you. It is Heads. Oh, thank God. I really oh, didn't want to do it. I was going to kind of in pain. I was going to say, yeah, right. That I've been really, talking way too much. You really more, have. You've been more than I wanted to, but like you're getting me going, man. Like, far more loquacious than I expected you to be on this episode. I'm not going to lie. I can't help it. Like it's, you know, how I get when it's stuff I actually like care about. Right. I can't Which, shut up about it. Uh, so. Yeah. I've, I've noticed it's fine. Look, I'm the same way. Check our Dick Tracy episode. That is, that is like two hours of me just talking and Brett just kind of silently, occasionally like throwing in a, uh-huh. Like if you just want to hear me talk for two hours, go check our Dick Tracy episode. Yeah. <laughs> so believe me, I understand. Uh, Brett, if you would do me a favor and put 60 seconds on the clock. That I can do. Thank you, sir. I watched this movie two days ago, so I'm going to need to re-familiarize re myself with the plot. And, uh, you just should have done it from memory. That would have been hilarious. Oh, dude, that would have been fucking terrible. I, I would just skip over huge swaths of this movie. I mean, In fact, I might just do that. Hell. Terrible and hilarious are not mutually exclusive. Touche. Um, Touche. Right. As, as you have often proven on this podcast. Correct. <laughs> All right. Um, so whenever you're ready, sir. Uh, Michael Morbius is a kid. Uh, he's got a disease. Then there's another kid. He calls Milo, but his name is Lucian, but he calls him Milo because a dead kid in his bed, like used to be called Milo or something. Uh, flash forward many years and Morbius is a very um, prolific scientist who declines the Nobel prizes very publicly. Uh, he goes and does research with a bunch of fucking bats and through some, I don't know, kind of fucking experiment gone wrong. He ends up turning into a living vampire somehow. I don't know. This movie sucks. Um, anyway, his buddy Lucian, um, like also turns into a living vampire because he takes the same serum. Um, there's like a Dracula thing on a boat where he kills a bunch of people or like drains their blood or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, uh, they end up like getting into a fight. Uh, Lucian kills the mentor. They get into a big fight. 
Uh, Morbius gives him an antidote and he, he dies. And, and so Morbius goes off to fight another day. And then in the most bizarre mid credit sequences ever, Michael Keaton comes into this universe and That's decides the they want to team That's up. Time. Shut it down. Shut it down. I was practically done. This movie like, sucks. It's Michael Keaton. Uh, you know what's hilarious is the parts you shit on the most in that 60 seconds were parts of his actual origin story. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, look, I don't. I, I look. I established up front. I don't know anything about this damn character. So uh, fair enough. You're, the part about the boat where you're like, this movie fucking sucks. That happened in the comics, Stephen. Whatever. I don't care. This <laughs> this movie fucking sucks. Um, His origin story fucking sucks too. Apparently, it's fine. apparently. I don't fucking care. Whatever. Um, this movie blows. <laughs> and not in the fun way. Just just, just fuck fuck Morbius. Right. Yes. Just, please. Please. The, char- the character altogether. Just why are we even? So here's the thing about this movie that really kind of irks me, Brett. Um, the one thing? Okay. Um, but here's, one thing? I think, well, look, I think this one thing is kind of part and parcel of this. This is kind of a, a big picture thing that I think affects all of the minor problems that are a part of the thing. Like they all kind of stem up into this one thing. Um, this does not feel like a 2020s superhero movie. This feels like an early 2000s, late 90s superhero movie. Doesn't it? It Real really, bad. really does. Like, like we went this, back in time. It yes. I'm sitting there and I'm I'm watching this thing, um, and I'm bored out of my fucking mind because this movie is so much exposition, and then the action is all CG and boring, and just the way that they expose information, the way in which they don't seem to really particularly care about the character or his origins, any of that, all of that seems very early 2000s superhero movie which we've talked about before on this podcast and probably will discuss again at some point there was this and and again when he who must not be named was brought on to do x-men he initially turned it down like no i don't want to do a fucking comic book movie because the main indication of what a comic book movie was was fucking the batman movies particularly the schumacher batman movies batman and robin being the most recent in 97 we've talked about that before but there is this because comic book movies are so uncool, but they make money. They're lucrative. People want to go see them. What ends up happening is they make changes to the characters and to the stories in order to make them palatable to the point where they make so many changes that the character itself is not recognizable to the character in the book. Um, I, I said this on the Constantine episode uh, that we did way, way back toward the beginning like it's it's one of those things that happened a lot during this era where we would just kind of put in like pepper in some comic booky things and like pull some characters, but like change some things around in, in such a drastic way that it's not true to the source material. And those were always the books that did poorly. The ones that were successful, he who must not be named X-Men, um, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. Like these are the successful ones. These are the ones that are truer to the source material. So these resonate with fans and they feel more authentic so that the average moviegoer is going to be more inclined to go see them, more inclined to engage with them. And that's where I discovered on the internet around this time, the game and what I've called the game in principle, the idea that the truer it is to the spirit of the source material, the better it will be as a film, as a, as a film overall. And I think that bears out in you know throughout the history of adapted media the truer it is to the spirit of the thing unless the thing is just really fucking weird on its face 
the more successful, the more lucrative, the the better it will be. Um, and th- I kept thinking about that as I'm watching this movie is this feels like one of those comic book movies that just got everything fucking wrong. Like we've got this character that's a vampire. What can we do to him to make him more, you know, to cooler for the kids to go see? And then on top of that, you've also got the, how can we tie this in to this other shit that we're doing over here to make this, you know, to make it seem like it's part of this other bigger thing that people actually really like. So really you, it, it's, it's the worst trends of both the early 2000s and the 2020s you kind of combined into one movie and it ends up being just a mess that really, I, I don't, I don't understand how, how people enjoy it. I know people do. The audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is a 71%. People like this movie, um, but it's very bad. Is that, I don't trust that number. I, think I mean, that is, that is the audience score. So yeah, that's people being memey. That's people being funny. Like, oh, this movie, you know, probably giving it fantastic five-star ratings because that's funny. Sure. They're doing it ironically. Right. I don't trust that number. At For all. the lulls, as it were. Right. But I mean, look, I, I'm sure there are people, some, someone out there somewhere likes this movie. I'm sure some disenfranchised DC Snyder bro fanboy is like, yeah, man, Morbius is cool because he's like so dark and edgy, man. Like, that's what superheroes are supposed to Comic books aren't for kids, man. I mean, my dad liked it, but that's just because he likes everything Marvel. For sure. He's such an unabashed Marvel just fanboy. He doesn't care. Sure. And look, I mean, there are, there are people like that. So even though this is not MCU proper... You know, it's still got that in association with Marvel, uh, Marvel Comics at the front of the at the front of the the movie. Enough people are going, ah, Marvel. I know what that is. Like, you know, people like you and I that don't, you know, like fucking dissect this sh- behind the scenes shit, and and don't know the the whole Sony Marvel agreement are gonna just be like, oh, okay, this is a Marvel movie. Gotcha. Yep. So. Um, which I mean, Brett, we got to talk about it. It's the fucking elephant in the room, or dare I say the vulture in the room. Um, we, we got to fucking talk about Michael Keaton in this movie. It's the most nonsensical couple of scenes. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's it, if it, 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 the way that they integrated into the film makes it feel like a literal afterthought. And based on the trailer footage where we see the vulture appear, um, this does not, this, this feels like one, something that they filmed, they wrote, filmed and screened for Kevin Feige and Feige went, Whoa, no, you can't do that. Um, like the idea that Morbius, they wanted, it seems very clear. They wanted to include Morbius in the MCU proper. Like that seemed to be what Sony wanted to do. Um, the um, Feige doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to let other people play with his toys. Like he's very careful about this stuff. He's very metered and very measured. Like there's an interview that he does with Amy Pascal right around the time. I think that homecoming is coming out and she mentions that they're wanting to do movies with venom and these other characters. And these are all going to take place in the same universe. And so you might see Spider-Man show up and Feige does this thing where he's like, <laughs> sure. Like he does this kind of weird, like uh, gr- smile grimace thing where it just kind of makes it clear. No, no, that's not what's happening here. Um, and, and sure enough, that's not what's happening here. In fact, what we end up with is a scene that 
it feels like this was he was supposed to appear within the context of the movie. Like it seems like as he's leaving prison, Morbius is coming into prison. And I, at least from the trailer footage that I saw, and it seems like Adrian Toomes yells something at Morbius, like, Hey doc, we should connect sometime or something like that. Um, before he like gets in the car and is on his way. In fact, what we see is that the, at the end of Spider-Man, no way home, the, the, the spell that ends up bringing all of the, characters back to their home home dimension back to their original timelines um that ends up bringing adrian tombs into the morbius venom universe instead somehow for some reason question mark i don't know and so he's he's out of the prison he was in and then now he's in a new prison so that's that and and there's like some news reports saying i don't know this guy adrian tombs is here we don't know where he came from we have to let him go so like he's getting released from prison as a result. That's mid credit sequence one. Mid credit sequence two, uh, Morbius is driving his car, stops outside some abandoned something or other, and Vulture lands. Is like, and and this is all completely ADR. Like Vulture does not raise his mask. He doesn't take it off. It's just on the whole time. It's all ADR. Lord knows what he was supposed to have said originally, but he's like, hey. I'm in this place. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'm figuring out figure Spider-Man has something to do with it. You seem interesting. Maybe a bunch of guys like us should team up, do some good. Um, to which Morbius says, interesting. And that's the movie. That's the last thing we see in the movie. There's no after credit sequence. Like that's the end clearly setting up a sinister six movie. This thing that they've been wanting to do since like 2013, they've been trying, they've been trying to get this movie off the ground for damn near 10 years. And it just, and and this is not the way to do it. I'm sorry. This is not the way to do it because then you need to like launch four other movies or, or maybe three other movies. If you include Venom to establish these characters and, and then what, like there's no Spider-Man in this universe. Who are they fighting? What are they doing? What's the fucking point? Like, it just seems like no one at Sony really has an idea on how to, how to establish something like this. It, it feels like Feige is the only one that kind of knows what he's doing with regard to this. And it's because he understands the episodic nature of comic book storytelling. And everyone else just seems to be playing catch up without understanding the, the root of the thing and what makes it so compelling and so interesting. They just want to rush to the conclusion. They want to rush to the Avengers without understanding that it took four years to get from Iron Man to the Avengers. Like you got to do the legwork. You got to take your time. Like we don't hear the phrase Avengers assemble till over a decade into the MCU. That's intentional. Like that's one of those things like we had to earn it is, is what you hear the Russos and Feige saying. So the fact that everyone seems to be rushing this conclusion, like DC does two movies and then you get justice league. You're, you're rushing to Avengers without doing the work that you need to get there. Cause they want the money. They want the money right now. But that's the problem is if, Look, you might make some money, but you're not establishing anything lasting by doing it that way. Yeah, well, that's everybody else's problem. They just they just right. see that Avengers is a thing, mm-hmm. uh, so we want to rush to that Avengers money without. They they want to get to the payoff without, you know, taking the journey first. They want to go from point A to point E while skipping points B, C, and D. Right. Which you just you can't do it. It's 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 not a, it's not viable. No, but and this is just the most. This may be the most nonsensical, ridiculous, tacked on post credit scene I've ever seen. 
just because there's so many plot holes and questions and what the fucks. Like, right. I don't, I don't get it. Because, like, what, what I don't understand is the Venom version of this was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, that post-credit scene at the end of Let There Be Carnage blew my fucking mind. You mean they're actually doing this? Right. And then you get the post-credit scene of Eddie in in the MCU for fuck's at, sake. at the end of No Way Home, right? Yeah. And then the tease that well, the symbiote's in the MCU now, right? Um, that Eddie Brock and Venom is not in the MCU, but there's going to be one eventually. Or or some maybe honestly, I would love to see it be Tony Revolori's Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson yep. is one of the hosts for the symbiote. You've already established Tony Revolori as Flash Thompson. He's fucking great at it. Like, let let Tony be Venom. I think that would be fucking amazing. You can even do the Agent Venom storyline where he like becomes a agent of Shield and like a mercenary. Absolutely. And, yeah, you could go that route. I mean, I don't know where that character fits anywhere in the next couple phases based on the movies they've laid out, but right. I mean, I mean, this could be a that little bit of symbiote left behind could be like the X Men of the next twenty years. Like, right. We'll get there eventually. Enjoy this little tease we've given you. But right. You're still going to wait four or five years. And that's, and that's it. Like I remember when the, the Disney Fox merger happened uh, was right around the time WandaVision started up. And one of my friends was like, the X-Men are going to be like, Charles Xavier is going to be in the end of WandaVision. I'm like, no, he's, he's not like Feige plays the long game more consistently than anybody else in Hollywood. He's not going for the instant gratification. He's not going to do it just because it's going to give you the chills and the feels like he's going to, he's going to put the pause on that shit. He's going to wait. And sure enough, WandaVision finale comes, no Charles Xavier. And I, I went on his Facebook page and said, hey, man, I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be this guy. But and then I posted a gif of Stephen Colbert with the I told you so banner dropping down behind him. So I was just like, look, man, this was never going to happen. But. No, and they're still sprinkling mm-hmm. tiny little tiny little bits. We're not going to get an actual X-Men movie until phase seven. I, whatever Deadpool three comes out, I think is the closest that we've, that we're going to get to an X-Men movie until probably they haven't announced everything for phase six yet. Um, so I mean, there, there's still some questions as to what's coming in phase six. Um, a lot of people are speculating maybe an X-Men movie, but I think, I don't think we'll know what that is until Deadpool three comes out and we figure out what's going on there. Cause I think that's going to be the thing that cracks the mutants wide open in the mcu i could be wrong there but that's that's my that's my pet theory at the moment yeah no I mean, you're right that, that's probably true and again given feige's willingness to play the long game like that seems that seems right like that that seems to fit like we only just i think just got a mention of mutants in miss marvel earlier this year so again feige's patient he's gonna take his time he's gonna lay this groundwork really slowly um but again sony's not willing to do that they want to rush to these things because again, they're lucrative. The problem is lucrative at what cost? Because you rush this thing out. The script is hot, wet garbage. Um, you're with the exception of Matt Smith, your actors are just phoning this stuff in. Like Matt Smith seems to be the only one that's actually doing something. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying he's doing something. Um, but like the performances are just a bunch of, huh? Um, and then at the end of it all, like, what what are you left with? A really bad movie that no one wanted to see, even when you re-released it. 
Like it still didn't quite. I don't think it. I don't think. I don't even think it made its budget back. Let me let me double check those numbers. But I don't even think it made its budget back. You know, I don't think so either. But the it, the production budget was seventy five million. It makes seventy three point eight domestic. Now worldwide is probably more than that because again the rest of the world loves American movies, but still like the domestic box office is where a lot of these things live and die. So. Yeah, which I mean, you, you got to look at that and go, you re-released this movie and it still didn't make its budget back. Exactly. And, and I mean, I understand the, the, the logic, like, yes, yes, everyone is talking about this movie. We didn't quite hit the number we wanted to hit. Let's put it back out. Now that everyone's talking about it, surely if we, if we release it, they will come. No, no, no. Again, like you said at the top of the episode, read the room. Like this, this, this was not the right decision to make for this particular property whatsoever. No. In fact, the best decision for this particular property, and I, I know this is going to sound pretty radical, is not to make this movie. True. But right. Nobody was ever going to stop Sony from doing that. Correct. Um, especially like they they used Venom to promote this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, not only was the fucking trailer everywhere, Mm-hmm. Um, god i saw this trailer way more than i wanted to yeah and i didn't seek it out at any point at no point did i no, seek out this trailer neither did i but at the end of every single one of them from commercial to trailer to trailer two or trailer three to mm-hmm. commercial four it always ended with them making the venom joke he's right pretend- that he's pretending to be venom no just kidding michael morbius at your service they used that joke in every single trailer at the end of it. And here's the thing. One. Not a good joke. No, it isn't. Because why? Why would he say that? Again, we're reminding you of a thing that you actually like to try to get you to see this thing that you're probably going to hate. All that should have been in this movie as reference to Venom was the one line from the cop that mentions this is like San Francisco. Exactly. That's all, that's all we needed. That's, that's literally it. all you needed. That's a great reference. Mm-hmm. Other than that, what the fuck? Stop it. And again, the astute fans are going to say, oh, San Francisco, Venom. Oh, cool. Whereas everyone else will be like, oh, they just go right over their head and they don't need it. But I mean, but that's it. There's no subtlety. There's no nuance. You're just calling the thing the thing. And that's that's not art. That's that's not, as as, as Uncle Marty would say, that's not cinema. No. Because I mean, the thing is a giant orange rock creature. You can call him a thing. Correct. Not hard. No. But yeah, it's I mean it it's what it's what it is, man. It it this movie is trash. Um and honestly, I'm kinda glad I've seen it now because then you know what that means, Brett? What was that? I never have to watch this movie again. Yeah, true. But yeah, I mean we pretty much knew from the outset this was going to be our end of year. Like as soon as this movie came out, we pretty much had this one earmarked for our end of year extravaganza despite other movies that came in the past year this was this was pretty much the one as much as you're kicking and screaming to do something else that's which i I, think it's just because you really didn't want to watch this movie correct i honestly brett i'm gonna be real honest i would have much rather watched black adam than this Uh, and i'm not anticipating that i will enjoy black adam honestly black adam is morbius for me like i have no desire to see that movie in any way shape or form we're gonna have to cover it at some point man 
they're they're not turning that into a franchise now with now that the hierarchy of power over at dc studios has changed um like we're we're not getting a sequel to this movie i can pretty much guarantee to that movie i can pretty much guarantee it well thank god but we can put that off sure sure i'm sure we can um brett i noticed that uh there are a lot of lights popping up over in that corner over there um why don't you uh why don't you uh escort us over there and, and and tell us what's what well as we stroll over to the corner steven we should uh we should do that thing that we should have been doing from the beginning i keep but... fucking forgetting that we added well, this segment. Look, that's that's why that's why we don't that's why we haven't been doing it from the beginning but we're doing it now so shut the fuck up um it's fine uh which know, is the name of this segment apparently well, well, it's different every time we'll figure it out um I don't know. I still haven't figured out a concise way to explain the plot in 60 seconds. And we're what? This is our 120th episode. And I still haven't fucking figured that out. So we might never get there. Um, No. Does this movie deserve a sequel? I already know your answer. No, absolutely not. This movie has nothing redeeming about it whatsoever. No, I I agree. Except for, as previously mentioned, just take this character and chuck him into a Midnight Suns movie later. And I'll be perfectly happy. Not this version of this character, to be clear. No, if we could get him played by somebody that isn't a piece of shit, I'd appreciate it. Please, that would be you. nice. Please, and I mean, thank you, Kevin Feige. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, but yeah, there you go. And I mean, and, you can even like make him show up in the movie and even say it's Morbin time, and everybody look at him like an idiot. Like, what? What are you talking about? Maybe, maybe Blade just like cuts his head off after that point. Maybe, maybe oh, that's no, what happens. No, come on, let's not, let's not do that. Let's not kill the character. We don't need to kill the character. Just because this movie's bad. This movie is so fucking bad. You, you want to talk about being edgy? Don't be edgy, Steven. That's edgy. Is it? I don't fucking know. Whatever. Uh, it is. Like, oh, I hate this character. Kill him. I hate I mean, this character. Look, Have Blade kill him. It, it worked for Jason Todd's Robin. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> People paid money to call a, a 900 number to kill Jason Todd. No, I know. Jos- Joker beat him with a, with a, with a crowbar. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. And comic book fans were made to look shitty because of it. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, like every other character in comics, he, he with the exception of Uncle Ben, he came back. So yeah. it used to the joke used to be everyone stays dead or no one stays dead except for Uncle Ben, Bucky, and um, uh, Barry Barry Allen. Those were the three. And we've brought back Bucky and we brought back Barry Allen. So. Stay dead, Uncle Ben. Stay dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, in even some universes, Uncle Ben became Spider-Man. Did you know that? I did. I fucking, yes, I knew that. Damn it. I wish no, I didn't know that, but I did. In some universes, even Uncle Ben didn't stay dead. So, you know. But look, what... in the in the main 616 continuity, Uncle Ben will never come back to life. True. And I, I rest I rest easy at night. Like, I, I'm able to get to sleep at night knowing that that is the case. <laughs> Too, honestly uh brett video game corner was was there right. a morbius video game right we've just been standing here in the corner not talking about it um yeah so we, there's never been a morbius video game uh but he's you know being the minor marvel character that he is or not i don't know we can discuss that we talked about it briefly um it's up in the air um disenfranchpod at gmail.com is morbius a minor spider-man character let us know what well, mar- minor marvel character is he a my, mar, minor Marvel character? Let us know. Yeah, because he, he interacts with Spider-Man sometimes, um, but not all the time. Disenfranchised at gmail.com. Let us know. Sometimes he's talking to the Fantastic Four. He fights the Thing a couple times, actually. They become best friends. 
um, afterwards. Um, as as he, is the way of comics. He tries to cure Werewolf by Night at one point. That doesn't work, obviously. Obviously. Because he's becoming more and more feral, so he's like, Michael, Dr. Michael Morbius, please help me. Um, uh, he, he, he's, Michael Morbius, actually, let me get off on a tangent here. The reason that She-Hulk in the comics is able to change at will. Um, she didn't always used to be able to change at will. Um, but she had a degenerative something disease that was slowly killing her. But Michael Morbius's blood saved her and allowed her to then start changing to and from She-Hulk at will. There you go. Um, but anyway, uh, Morbius lore for days. Um, <laughs> I mean, you are a lore meister meister lore. Yeah, and he's a vampire, so of course I do. Uh, and right. Is, I'm the lore meister. He's a vampire, and he's a Spider-Man character. So, of course, I know all about That's it. That's the perfect storm. <laughs> um, the only thing missing is the Ghostbusters somehow. Um, but anyway. I'm, I'm sure he's busted a ghost or two in his in his comic long-storied comic book I mean, career. Look, he's, he's a regular member of the Midnight Sun, so yes, he probably has. Uh, and, but here's the question, Brett. Did the busting make him, make feel, him good? feel good? Uh, you know, probably. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to assume. One would uh, hope. But one would hope. But anyway, um, he hasn't had his own game, uh, but he's definitely been in plenty. Sure. Including the most recent Marvel's Midnight Suns. Um, <gasps> which I haven't played, but I've watched played. Um, it looks like fun. I should probably get into it myself. Probably should. That That um, is very much your brand, sir. Um, also, as previously mentioned... Uh, and uh, I forget which episode I talked about it. Probably the last episode. Um, he's uh, he's got a card in Marvel Snap. Yes, um, which I have built a deck around called "It's Morbin Time." Of course, um, and it's pretty good. I'm like rank forty five with it. So okay, look um, at you. Uh, he was also in pretty much all the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. Uh, well, no, wait, no, yes. Yes, he was. Um, am I remembering? Was he in any of the Marvel versus Capcom games, or am I misremembering that entirely? Um, I think he was in the third one. Okay. Because uh, yeah. I remember seeing him as like a, a playable character in one of those games. He was either a playable character or some of the fighting games. I I, I played Marvel's Capcom three when it first came out, but then they re-released it with new characters and new stuff, mm. and I didn't play that version, which I think is the one he's in. Gotcha. Because um, there were like items you could use that would summon other characters. I think I don't remember. I think that's so he's not a playable fighter. Don't quote me on that. I'm really talking out of my ass on that one. Touche. Um, I, of course, he was. Um, his first video game appearance was in the Maximum Carnage video game. Um, he was in the Spider-Man Three movie video game. Huh. Um, which I mean, the the Spider-Man the the mo- Spider-Man movie video games really expanded the lore a lot and brought in a lot of side characters that never made it into the movies. I mean, if our discussion on the, the Hulk video games is any indication that was not necessarily like limited to Spider-Man because uh, check our Patreon oops, all video game corner episode on the Hulk video games. Cause that happened, I think with the, with the Ang Lee tie-in specifically. Yeah, correct. 
Um, and then outside of that, he's been... He was in Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. Um, and along with Marvel Snap, he's been in pretty much every single Marvel mobile game. So... Right on. Because they, because they need to pad that roster for mobile games. Yep. So. Every every if if you were a bit player in like two comics, you're you're in one of those Marvel mobile games because they just need new characters and new content to keep people playing those damn things. Also, I'd be remiss I haven't mentioned that Morbius fights Dracula. So you know, there's that. Okay. I mean, just about anyone associated with vampires fights Dracula at some point. Blade, Buffy, Morbius, like. If if you I mean that's that's the 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 issue with a character that's in the public domain is you can anyone can fight him doesn't matter. Well, and also I mean Dracula is a Marvel character. In sure. case anybody out there didn't know, yeah, Dracula true. is a Marvel character. He, he he has a card in Marvel Snap, and wouldn't you know it, it's in my deck. So that 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 highly ranked deck of yours. It's not really that rank. Ranks go to a hundred. I'm yeah, but 45. I, I'm not even I'm not even in the I'm not even in running, man. So, you know. Running man. Good movie. Did you, did you not care for the game? Have you started playing it at all? I, I actually have. I do play it from time to time. It's just I, I will play until I lose, which tends to happen pretty quickly. And then I'm just ah, done. Uh, OK, fair enough. But yeah. But anyway, that's all. All right. So uh, Morbius comes out. Um, God, this movie. April 1st, 2022. What a what an auspicious day for a movie like this. Um, it, it opens at number one to thirty nine million dollars is because, of course, we know that it eventually gets uh, only seventy three million. So it doesn't even make it, it makes more. It does not double in the rest of its run. It does not double its opening weekend box office. Um, is what I'm trying to say. Like it, it, it does not perform well over over time. Not a good multiplier, as they say. Uh, and part of that, I'm sure, is going to come into play when we hit our number five. Uh, but at number two, it's uh, the Lost City, uh, which is two, in two weeks is earned 54.5 million. In third place, the Batman um, with uh, Battenson as uh, as the lead. There, that in five weeks has earned all almost 350 million dollars clearly uh, the better film based on bats right uh in fourth place uh brett's favorite movie of 2022 uncharted um which has in seven weeks earned 138 point uh n- actually 139 let's just round up to 139 million dollars like uh, in- joking but it's probably up there in my top five of this year <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. Uh, in fifth place, it up from eight the week before, I guess a re-release. It's been out for 16 weeks. Spider-Man colon No Way Home, which in 16 weeks has earned over $800 million in the domestic box office. Uh, rounding out the top 10 uh, in six, or I'm sorry, yes, in sixth place, uh, Dog, Channing Tatum's Dog. What if there was a dog? Um, in seventh place, a movie you and I saw in theaters together, currently sitting at my number one for the year, a little movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, which in two weeks has earned uh, just about uh, $1.8 million. That's going to go on to make significantly more money over time. Uh, that one earns about $70 million, which for that a movie like that is a pretty good showing. Um, in eighth place, it's X. Again, another of my favorite movies of the year. Loved that one. Um, 
in eight, what are we at? They're, they're not numbered past four here. In ninth place, we're at ninth. So X was eighth. In ninth place, Sing 2. Uh, in 15 weeks, that's earned $162 million. And in 10th place, opening this week, a movie called The Contractor. What if there was a contractor? Um, that movie uh, starring Chris Pine, Ben Foster, and Gillian Jacobs. Um, so there you go. That is uh, the box office again. Morbius earns $73.8 million domestic. Only $88.9 uh, international for a worldwide total of 162.7 million still not great uh in terms of worldwide box office um usually those worldwide numbers are significantly higher if if i mean and even then sequels aren't guaranteed so again it seems a pretty safe bet we're not going to be seeing any more of dr michael morbius anytime soon uh at least not in a solo venture the Tomatometer score on this one is a 15%, contrasted again with a 71% audience score. The critics' consensus, cursed with uninspired effects, rote performances, and a borderline nonsensical story, this dreary mess is a vain attempt, pun intended, I'm sure, to make Morbius happen. Uh, whereas the audience say, uh, the audience response, Morbius isn't telling the most original story, but cool visuals and fast action keep, the, keep things entertaining. Um, audience, no, they don't. Uh... The meta score on this one is a 35 based on generally unfavorable reviews from 55 critics. And the letterboxed score on this one, Brett, is a 1.9. Brett, out of five stars, how are you ranking 2022's Morbius? Uh, this movie gets one star just for being Morbius and one star for Matt Smith. Okay. Uh, two stars. So you're just just slightly above the the letterbox average. I'm it's a one for me, dog. Um I it, mm, no thank you. Um not not my tempo. Um this this was bad. This was aggressively bad. I and again, I don't have the nostalgia for for the character that you do. So that I'm sure affects my ranking ranking on this one as well, but yeah, it real real bad. Uh not the worst movie we've covered this year, but pretty damn close. Um Honestly, if, if if I'm being if I'm being for true, true. Um, but yeah, that that's it. That's our episode on Morbius. Brett, we're done with Morbius. We never have to talk about this movie again. Cool. I can tell you're really enthused. You, sir, look pretty tired. Um uh, well, tired and I talked it, way talked way more than I should have talked. You I, really did. Pain. You should painful. It's painful. Yeah. You should, you should, uh, I hope your, I hope your meds kick in soon and you're able to get some rest. Yeah. Listeners out there, if you've ever had a toothache, you know what I'm feeling right now. And, you know, it's the holiday, so I can't get into the dentist. So. Right. That's, please, that's the best part. Please send your thoughts, your prayers, I guess, if you want them. I don't really care. Um, th- th- thoughts and prayers, Brett. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Or money. <laughs> you can also send me money. That'll make me feel good too. Um, but yeah. Help me. <laughs> That's our episode on you want to drop your you want to drop your Venmo when you do your uh when when you do your socials. No. In case no, anyone not. wants to throw some cash your way for that yeah, for that I'm dental gonna, procedure. I'm not gonna stoop that low. My insurance will cover it, it's fine. All right, fair enough. Uh so that is our episode on Morbius. And that's it. That is 2022. That is the end of the year for us. The, the our second full year of this podcast that we've done. Uh, and Brett, we've got some fun stuff planned for next year. 
Oh yeah, we do. Um, first of all, for those of you who did not listen to our Oops All Christianity Corner episode on Patreon, which is free for everybody. So if you've not listened to it, go check that out. Our buddy no Tucker. Sorry? They have no excuse. They don't. There's no excuse. Like we made it free for everybody. So you can go listen to it right now. And I and I know I posted about it on the social media, even though I'm not doing it until tomorrow, technically, but I know I'm going to do it. Go check that out. Go listen to that. Our, our buddy Tucker joins us to talk about a, a truly egregious film, Kurt Cameron's Saving Christmas from 2014. Uh, we get into all of the, all of the holiday questions you never thought to ask because God, why would anybody? Um, but at the end of that episode, we made a very special announcement. And so if you didn't listen to that episode, uh, you should, first of all, but at the end, we did say that our buddy Tucker, who joins us for that episode, look, he's been a listener. He's been a guest. He's been our composer. He, he wrote the theme song you hear at the beginning and the end of every episode. And he's he's our editor now. Like he edits all these episodes. He, he stitches them all together. Um, but starting next week, starting after the first of the year, Tucker is going to be joining Disenfranchise as a full time host. So we will now have not one, not two, but three hosts uh, behind the mics for the show. Um, and if you're a fan of the Tucker episodes, buckle up. It's going to get real, real fun. Uh, and if you're not, do you have joy in your life? Um, allow Tucker to introduce some to you. Um, but it's going to be fun. We're actually really excited. We've actually got our very first theme month coming up. Uh, check out the, the Twitter and the Instagram feeds. If you want to know what the clues are to, to try to guess what we have coming up. Um, but yeah, fun stuff on the horizon for the disenfranchised podcast. Um, speaking of the disenfranchised podcast, you can reach out to us, disenfranchpod at gmail.com. Let us know how major or minor you think Morbius is as a Marvel and or Spider-Man character. Um, also let us know if there's a failed franchise starter you want to see us cover and Lord knows we might actually cover it. Um, we could, we might also read your emails on the podcast. If you send us any, we don't really get many emails, so we don't really read them, but if you send them, we will read them. Um, you can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and Facebook at DisenfranchPod. Uh, while you're on the internet, hop on over to um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a nice, juicy five-star rating and review. It's going to go a long way to helping us find new listeners just like yourselves. And we like you, so we'd probably like other people like you, too. And if you want to support us financially, patreon.com slash disenfranchpod, where you can hear that aforementioned free episode uh, on Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. And if you like what you hear, feel free to just subscribe. We've got great content at the $1, 3 and $5 levels for you there behind the paywall. Uh, so throw us a few bucks our way, and we promise you won't be disappointed. Um, I'm your host, Stephen Foxworthy. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Letterboxd, hive and mastodon although i don't really do much on those last two sites at chewy walrus brett where can we find you these days yeah you can find me on instagram at letterboxd at sus underscore warlock you can also find my tony hawk fan page at tony hawk 69 at blogspot.com <laughs> awesome fantastic you want to drop that venmo here or are you good nah man i ain't gonna be that guy I mean, look, man, we got some generous listeners. They'd probably help you out. Look, DM me on Instagram if you want to send me money. I'll give it to you then. There you go. All right. DM Brett on Instagram if you want to send him some money. I know he would appreciate it. At any rate, until next year, I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy. From my co-host, Brett Wright, and myself, you guessed it, ladies and gentlemen, it's Morbin time. <laughs>